With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw. Fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Meyer to Blythe podcast. I believe we're on episode 15. Uh, I think we've had two straight weeks of Brett telling us we're on episode 13. So I think this is episode 15 now. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Todd Blythe, as always, joined by my co-host, uh, Brett Meyer. Brett, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I felt like that was an unnecessary uh, shot there. Uh, we all make mistakes, but... Um, <laughs> some more than others? Some more than others. I'm doing great, man. I mean, how can you not be number seven in the country where everybody's all Big fired up? season champs, that's the thing, right? <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great time. It is for Cyclone fans. Absolutely. I spent uh, last night in Iowa City for work, and um, was, uh, I was watching the um, – who they play? North Carolina. Iowa's yeah, got some really, shooters, man. Iowa's really good. I mean, I, you know you know me. I've been on the podcast uh, proudly saying how much I like to cheer against the Hawkeyes, but they're, they're a really good basketball team. And they had Garza had an off night. I mean, he I I watched a little bit earlier and he missed a bunch of stuff around the hoop and didn't have a great a great night by his standards and just everybody else can just fill it up. Yeah, he looks like he he must just be huge because he like struggles to get up and down the floor sometimes. I swear, I thought the exact same thing watching him run around. And it's partly, be, I mean, the guy's six eleven, you know. So and we've just been accustomed to to seeing these, you know, seven foot three guys run around. And they look and they move like guards. Um, so we're kind of spoiled, you know, watching the, you know, Giannis's and those guys of the world run around. But yeah. What's it, his first name? Why don't you run that back? What was the guy's first name? Place for the Bucks? Giannis. Is that a joke or do you don't really know how to say his name? How do you say his name? No. You, you just no, 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 I'm, no, I'm asking. I'm definitely not going to try his last name. Why don't you run that first name back? Give me his first name one more time. Giannis. And you're being serious. You're not being, this is joking. <laughs> How do you say it? Giannis. My goodness, have you have – you, you must not follow basketball at all. He's no, literally no. the – behind LeBron, probably like the second or third most talked about guy. <laughs> well, that tells you how much it's I follow Giannis, the NBA. I tend to – I think it's like <laughs> – Oh, okay. Hold on. You don't start bashing me for pronunciation. Okay, you called him Gianna first off. Like, no. Giannis? not good. You better be you better be a hundred percent positive about how you pronounce that before you jump all over me. I it's I guarantee you it's Giannis. It is not G honest. Okay. 
My goodness, Todd's from the Midwest. Anyway, I think I think you could say it either way. It's it's just like a, a, a gyro or a euro. They're both Greek. <laughs> Anyways, um, we've become so accustomed to watching guys like Giannis run up and down the floor, uh, and then we see Garza. He's a little bit plodding, but um, obviously he's a hell of a basketball player. But yeah, they got guys that can fill it up on the outside. Um, one, one look up I saw, which I thought was awesome, uh, was Bohan at the end of the game that the clock was going to run down. And before, uh, there was a one-second difference between shot clock and uh, the game clock. And so if he, if he didn't shoot and he lets the shot clock run out, obviously he gets a turnover. So right before uh, the shot clock runs out, he hands the ball to a teammate. So his teammate got the, got the turnover, for the <laughs> which I thought – and he just smiled, like looked at it, gave him the ball, and then started laughing, which I thought was kind of a clever move. Definitely something Brett Meyer would have done because he's a no. big guy. I would have, I would have shot the three. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't have let the clock run out. You'd if I was a rebound short of a tri- triple double, I'd go pop it off the backboard, get my get my triple double, and get that money. Um, Another Hawkeye, Ricky Davis reference there. He did. He did that, and J.R. Smith did it one time, I think. Yeah, but Ricky Davis did it at the wrong hoop. Hey, Amen. Whatever. That was funny. That's like when LeBron was drafted, like Ricky Davis and those guys are like, yeah, man, he's going to come in and be a role player and help us out. Yeah. Really? Immediately was the best player in the, on the team for sure. And one of the best yeah. in the league. Yeah. So Iowa state, our beloved Cyclones hand it to West Virginia. It's kind of, I feel like we've got Kansas State and West Virginia. We're playing really good football, but kind of got them at the right time. West Virginia's been playing good football. We just boat raced them. Yeah, we really did. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. We're 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 peaking at the right time. I mean, Brock Purdy has played his best football the last you know three games, um, and it's not even close. So you you get him playing to to the level that we all expect him to play all year, combined with Brees Hall, our O line, and uh, obviously our defense has played well most of the season. I mean, we are. We're absolutely playing really, really good football at the right time right now. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's Brock's been really efficient. I mean, kind of since basically the, something clicked after the first half of the Baylor game, and since then he's been on. Um, he's been really good, and it's uh, it's probably not a surprise. We've you know since Oklahoma State five straight wins. Um, yeah, I mean, it, this is. Uh, I'm extremely excited about it, man. I, I didn't watch the um, – I didn't really watch the – do you watch the ranking shows, like, that come out on Tuesday nights? Uh, no, I, to be honest. I, I knew the rankings came out then. I didn't even know they had a show every Tuesday, so no. Yeah, I'm I am. I'm plugged into the ranking shows as I am to uh, NBA pronunciations. How do you say his name again? Uh, it's Giannis, Brett. Everybody knows that. Okay, great, wonderful. So yeah, I mean, we're let's see if you check the we're seventh right now. So I mean, if you look at the playoffs, and I'm sure this will be talked about, probably has been talked about. I mean, Alabama win or lose is probably in Notre Dame. As long as they don't get blown out, win or lose is probably in. So. If Florida beats Clemson, then they're – I mean, that, that's kind of your four then, right? I mean, if Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida, yeah. those four teams have the best shot of getting in. I haven't really watched Florida much this year. What uh, – I mean, I know that obviously their quarterback is putting up just video game numbers. They have a tight end who's an absolute stud. Um, 
that, that's about all I know about them, to be honest. I've, I've not watched more than the highlights, so I don't know much. Yeah, about I mean, they're, they're really good. They've won. Is their defense legit? I mean, are they, they truly a legit team? I don't even know what their schedule's been like this year as far as who they played, who they haven't because of COVID and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, the SEC, to me, if you look at they've played one, yeah, they basically played one ranked team the whole year. Uh, two, they played Texas A&M and Georgia. So when you look at like, you know, you hear the vaunted SEC schedule, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like they beat A&M, they beat Georgia pretty handily, but Georgia, you know, is another you know, good team. They got a good roster, but they don't have a quarterback. And Well, they did. Uh, where's he at? Yeah, he Old plays for Ohio State now. Yeah, smart. he's a Heisman front runner every year at Ohio State. Yeah, no, I mean, they're they're a good team. They have an elite roster, and Dan Mullen's proven that he can coach. I mean, doing what he did at Mississippi State and now, obviously, at Florida. Trask is good, but, like, man, I was watching the, some highlights of a couple games, and, like, they give him a lot of easy throws. That's why I think it would be hard to evaluate quarterbacks if you're an NFL team right now because there's so many easy throws. Like, he had, I think, three touchdowns last game that were inside the five-yard line, and it was, like – one was like a like like a pot pass or a smoke screen. Like the receiver just stands there, he throws it to him. Two guys block. Defense is terrible, and they just walk in the end zone. Another one was like a reverse pivot, like jet motion across the formation, runs out in the flat, and nobody goes with him because it's man to man. He gets lost in traffic. Easy. Like there were three touchdowns like that, and I wonder he's got I think thirty eight touchdowns. I would imagine that guarantee at least you know, 15 to maybe even like 20 of those are probably going to be within like those just easy, you know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from you. He's really, really good. But I think it, that's probably why you're seeing a lot of these spread quarterbacks not really be all that successful. Maybe like uh, Dwayne Haskins or, you know, Trey, I mean, a lot of these guys, Baker Mayfields of the world who've been up and down in the league is because well, Baker Mayfield just threw for like 300 yards. At I know, but it, uh, he's been up and down week. though. That's nah, you're right. You're inconsistent right. at all because in college you can manufacture so much that it's, it's hard to evaluate these guys. And I just, it's just something that stood out to me where it was like, wow, these are his highlights from the game. He made some good, I mean, he made some tough throws, but at the same time it was like, there's a lot of easy throws that that just reminded me, and we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. But what in the world happened to Josh Rosen? Josh where's Rosen, he, where's he I mean, at now? I mean, I mean he, he was second quarterback picked in the draft, or second quarterback picked in the draft that year. I don't even know where he is anymore. Anyway, sorry, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But I mean, that's that's to your point. I mean, it's got to be so hard to look at these college, you know, quarterbacks who are putting up just insane numbers and then just you get him on the NFL roster against NFL defenses and it just doesn't translate at all. Like he's a third quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So yikes. Yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> on his third he fell team, off. fourth team now. Yeah. He's, he fell off quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you just drafted the wrong franchise. I think it was what drafted him. Miami, and then they basically Arizona first, right? Oh yeah, Arizona, and they yeah. I mean, you just not a wrong team, but you got to think about. He might be another one of those guys where you go back and look at his college tape, and it's like, yeah, well, he played at UCLA. They weren't, yeah, he didn't really have the the benefit of having a coordinator that just. That was before. That was before uh, Chip Kelly got there, right? 
Um, I think so. Yeah, I think he was more. He uh, runs kind of a West Coast yeah. NFL style. So. Um, anyway, back to back to Iowa State and West Virginia. I mean, what a fun game to watch. Obviously, it was, <laughs> it was never a doubt. So it was a very comfy, easy win for a fan to watch. But I mean, I, I thought you know, seeing Nwangu get the long forty-seven yard run was so much fun. I've been a fan of his all season, just you know, kind of because what he's been through at, at Iowa State and. Um, uh, you just see, I, I don't know the kid at all, obviously, but just uh, hearing his story kind of from Coverly when we had him on the, the road back from, from tearing his Achilles. Uh, I mean, you could see that. We've heard about his speed since he was a freshman. You could see it on that run. He absolutely burst through that hole and pulled away from everybody. It's nice when you don't get touched either, but um, just a pretty complete game uh, on offense and obviously on defense as well. Hey, yeah, what do you, he, you think about West Virginia kicking a field goal at the, at the end of the game with seven minutes to go in the fourth? That seems like an interesting decision to me. Like, what does three three more points get you? I feel like anybody else goes for that. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, does it really matter? Is it going to make a difference? Maybe you just wanted to have something positive happen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they would no already gotten off the. Or... You know, it was already not going to be a shutout. They'd already had a field goal. So to get, to get it, to go from three to six, just that seemed weird to me. But well, yeah, but I mean, you're looking at Brock twenty to twenty three, two forty seven, three touchdowns like that. Crazy efficiency there. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, a lot of high percentage throws and getting Landon Acres a touchdown. That was awesome. I was you kind of called it, too. You're like, let's get, get them in there. They just – I mean, that was kind of a play that's similar to what you see, like, Florida and those teams that are – That was purely schemed up to get them a touchdown. Oh, yeah. But, but, yeah, it was yeah, like, let's have are... two guys – let's run them in motion, have two guys on the outside block their defender, and then all he's got to do really is catch the ball and outrun the guy – following him across the formation. Yeah, it's not very challenging at all for those guys. And you see some quarterbacks will do that, you know, 10, 15 times a year. And that's their – and it's big numbers, but, okay, how you know, you don't yeah. get those in the NFL. It's Smaller cool windows of sudden, yeah. Hutchinson had another nice game. I mean, very – eight for 89. I mean, he's he's been really consistent all year. Um, yeah, Sean Shaw, three for 35, was nice to see. Uh, it was really nice to see. I thought uh, nice to see Brees Hall in the fast game. Three catches for 56, and obviously the the 28 yard touchdown at the end there. Um, nice to see him. You know, just they've used him a little bit in the past game, but not a, not a whole lot. It's nice to see that he's got that that another another dimension that uh, to add to the pass game when we need it. Yeah, I think he's. I don't want to say he's underutilized. He just you know we haven't done a lot of that, and I'm sure that's something he can do. Um, why throw him the ball when you can hand it to him yeah he just hasn't been asked <laughs> to do it and you know we, we have again we kind of are playing to our strengths we have a lot of 12 personnel where we have two sometimes three tight ends on the field mm-hmm. it's not going to be you know you're not going to run a lot of you know four wide and you're running back and just use space tight ends take up a lot of space on the field and we just don't have sometimes we just don't have those opportunities but you know, I'm sure he can do it, and, yeah, it was good to see. I mean, kind of an ad-lib play where Brock bought some time and defense lost track of him, and it was an easy six, which was good to see. So, but yeah, I mean, being ranked seventh is that's the highest ranking in the history of our school. So, it's obviously hmm. great to get all these things checked off, but, like, I'm kind of tired of hearing, like, yeah, but won a, a big tw- a conference championship was, like, 1912. I don't even know what year it was. Yeah, 1912. You're the, the Titanic, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just – we're reminded of how far our program has come. But, like, you know, we really just haven't had, obviously, that history. But um, it's 
great, man. It's exciting. It's fun. And you, you know, I'm wearing Iowa state shirts and people are commenting on it. And it's just, you know, that it's great to be, it's great to be in the conversation. Um, and just, yeah, we're, we're yeah. The, the conversations that's, you know, fills up my Twitter timeline that you hear on like the local sports radio, like KXNO and Murph and Andy and those guys. And is, you know, and I see Hawk fans getting mad, like, well, well, why do these, why does Iowa state, the fact that Iowa state thinks they're going to get in the, in the college football playoffs is a joke. They're never going to get in. The fact that like, it's a, it's a thing like they were talking about it and that there's an outside, you know, 5% chance or whatever it is that Iowa state gets in the playoffs. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> Before it was like, man, we, we have a 5% chance to get in the big 12 title game. Um, so to, to change the conversation and get to the point where we are now, uh, whether we get in or get out or, or don't get in, I mean, it's, it's been an unbelievable year. Nobody's going to argue that. Um, and God, I hope we cap this thing off at the, you know, another week here against Oklahoma. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if we could go out and, and beat Oklahoma and, and win the Big 12, I mean, that would be, I don't know what bowl game we'd be. I don't, I don't know that we'll get in the playoff even if we do win. I think that second loss. Louisiana Lafayette. God, the damn Louisiana would, game. Oh. Yeah, it's going to keep – I mean, it's crazy to think, but, yeah, that's probably going to keep us out of the play unless there's just – I mean, I don't even know what, what could actually happen. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's enough carnage that can happen that can get us out. I mean, maybe like, you know, who knows? I mean, Florida goes and – Alabama beats Florida. Notre Dame goes and blows out Clemson. So then it's Alabama, Notre Dame. Maybe Ohio State loses. And then it's like, yeah, I mean, that would probably Is be it Ohio the scenario. State, uh, Ohio State Northwestern in the – Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe like say this, like Alabama wins, Notre Dame beats Clemson. So then Alabama and Notre Dame are 1-2. And then Ohio State, even if they win, say, okay, Ohio State's 6-0. and And then we are, you know, a 9-2 and conference champion mm-hmm. with five more data points or Ohio state loses, then like we actually kind of have a shot. It was, that's why it was big for us to be at seven. Yeah. Cause they showed that coastal Carolina and Cincinnati's of the world. We're just, they're just not right, wrong or indifferent valuing what they've done. Cincinnati they, is a team like coastal Carolina. I've heard about all year cause it's coastal Carolina. They're a smaller school. It hasn't been D one that long. Um, shout out Jerome Simpson, Yeah, but uh, Cincinnati being eight and oh, Every time I hear that name, I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. They are undefeated. They just don't know anything about the Bearcats. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. They've beat – And they're behind us, so I really don't care all that yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, they've beat – Army was 22nd when they won, but yeah, who knows if they're any good. Yeah, that's the only ranked team they've played. Not their fault. Last two games have been canceled. Right. Um, they're a good team. I mean, their head coach, Luke Fickle, obviously an Ohio State guy. He's one of the guys that's in line for a big job. He's done a really nice job there, but – yeah, I mean, I think, again, going back to the rankings, if you look at Alabama, Notre Dame, I mean, yeah, we if we go win this game, based on where we are now, there's an opportunity for us somewhere to get into the playoff, which is just wild. And Yeah, the only thing we can do is make sure we take care of business against Oklahoma. We're Big 12 champs, uh, two losses, one of them, you know, to start the year, and there's a lot, of, a lot of things that went into that, I'm sure, but it is what it is. But, uh, you know, Big 12 – Big 12 champion, um, playing as good a football as anybody in the country. Yeah, if, if some stuff happens above us, it's – I mean, it's going to be a fun, you know, couple of weeks to watch what happens in all the other title games and, and see if that carnage that we need to happen truly uh, takes place. 
Yeah, I think that, yeah, I'm excited to see it. It's, again, it's just it's, great to be part of the conversation. There was, I did read an article from uh, like Pat Forty, who's I call it national college football. It's always fun when the national guys like do their kind of fly over and talk about Iowa state every once in a while. And I mean, their thing was like, you know, it's the, the, the title of the article is talking about how, let's see if we can find this. Yeah. It's talking about how putting us ahead of Iowa state or excuse me, ahead of Cincinnati um, and 12 spots ahead of Louisiana that we're, they're kind of playing through the elites. And I was kind of like, you know, we're definitely not part of the elites. I get the point. They're talking about the power five versus a group of five. But I think the one thing that you need to keep in mind is just how much, you know, we're, we're, we're beating teams soundly right now the last couple of weeks and teams that have played good football this year in West Virginia and, you know, Kansas state's fell off. I think they've lost five or six straight, but you know, I, I just, I think we deserve credit for it. I can understand some of the animosity towards us based on, you know, the quality of football those teams have played, but it's just hard. I mean, Coastal Carolina beats BYU who traveled across country basically and found out they were going to do it on Wednesday of that week. That's pretty impressive that they, that both teams even said, yeah, let's do it. But. Yeah. I think BYU knows that if they wanted any shot, they needed, you know, they call them the data points. They needed games. So. It probably benefited both teams, but even a team like this is super random and one of our favorite teams, but like Iowa, there's no reason why they shouldn't be seven and zero right now. I mean, oh. they easily, you lose it to Purdue again. Bad, bad loss. They didn't have the best player on offense without their head coach. I mean, Iowa just didn't know how to, I mean, they, they had, a, and just, a, t- a horrible time trying to break in their new starting quarterback. Well, they really tried Teachers to break get... him in with, with 50 throws. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, I think boy, Brian Ferentz kind of lost control of that game plan. And, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're looking at their scores now, they're just blowing people out. Now, granted, they're playing, you know, Michigan state, Minnesota, Penn state, Nebraska, Illinois. I and mean, it's not exactly murderers row here, but I mean, they could, Ooh, they... Don't, don't let Husker fans hear that. <laughs> I mean, they go in, they win, they win against Wisconsin and you're sitting at seven, two, like seven and two saying we should be nine and oh going to play Ohio state. Which they, yeah, I mean, but, they should be, they absolutely should be. Yeah, And then they're, I mean, it could be reminiscent of their, whatever year that was when they had the easiest schedule in the history of college football, while at the same time being a really good team, both things can happen. And they made, you know, they were really close that they would have beat who was at Michigan State. They'd have been Michigan in. Michigan so. State, yeah. yeah and what was it really? A, I just came up on Twitter the other day. I said something about how I was celebrating. I got into it with uh, Hassel, Chris Hassel on Twitter a little bit about his dad was uh, trying to figure out who to root for to keep Iowa State out of the Big 12 title game. And I said, that's fair. You know, I said, because I about threw my shoulder out fist bumping Michigan State touchdowns a few years ago at the Big 10 title game. So I have no issue if people want. Okay, the people that get mad when like, you can't root for Iowa to do well when you're not playing them, no. No, I can't. And if you, if you can't root for Iowa State when Iowa doesn't play them, like, cool. Like, I'm all for that. If you want to be a diehard one way – if you're one of those people that you're a good enough person, you can root for both, like, congratulations. Thank you for your service. But if you have to just root for one and root against the other one, like, that's the block I'm on, and I'm cool with that too. But anyway, that's my little rant for the day. 
Yeah, I don't necessarily root for or against them. I don't have any emotions towards them. I just don't care. <laughs> they're just like non-existent. But that's um, funny. I mean, they're. You I'll don't, say you don't this, live but, in Iowa anymore. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get. Yeah, I said this. If if the players could win, and but the dumbass fans could <laughs> still lose. How do you really I, feel? I'd be cool for that. But that, unfortunately, that's not how it works. If the players win, then the idiot moron fans win. So I want them all to lose. Yeah, they do have moving, some. Moving right along. <laughs> I don't understand how, like, they their defense is so good all the time, but their coaches are never talked about for any jobs. Like, for as good no as Ference has been, he has, like, no coaching tree of guys going on anywhere, which is – I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent, but – for the longest time, he had like guys that were just staples of the program that were there forever. You know, yeah. Norm I just Parker. wonder if it's their decision or if he just. I'm sure. I would imagine if coaches wanted to go on, he's not going to stand in their way. But maybe he, who knows? I mean, I mean, even Max got guys who have been head coaches and gone on to do. You know, but you know, he's been yeah, there forever. So when there's no coaching turnover, but even like, yeah, I mean, just what's our D coordinator's name? Parker? Is it Phil Parker? Something like that? Yeah. I mean, their defense is unbelievable every year. Speaking of a guy that we've talked to, and you know, recently that we, that we need to get on the pod, but uh, when's Coach Alfred, Tony Alfred, going to get a head job? He's had some fantastic jobs, associate head coach at places like you know Notre Dame, and now he's at Ohio State. Uh, I would love to hit, see him, uh, you know, get his own program to run. Yeah, it's almost like they don't give minorities the same chance. Oh, wait, what? No. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> listen, man, I don't know. He, he, he's more than qualified. I know he was in, in Colorado State. Um, That's I don't really know. the job I know that he went in for. Yeah, and I mean, they hired, like, was it Adazio. Uh, some white guy. Well, no, I, I don't want to go there, but, I mean, I think it's almost right. like they hired him because Urban Meyer – he was Urban Meyer. He coached on staff with Urban Meyer. So did Alford. I know, but I'm saying like Urban came in and basically got him the job. When, gotcha. But it's like you didn't win, you failed at Boston College, which is tough, not an easy job, but like you didn't. So why do you deserve another chance at this other school? I don't know. Obviously, not, the is, it, is Boston College similar job to like a Vanderbilt where the academic standards are going to kind of hold you back sometimes in recruiting? I don't know that for a fact, but. They don't play in the same league. Obviously, they play in a they don't play in as tough a league. But Boston College can't be an easy an easy place to win. Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure it's, what it's like. It's like Vanderbilt, you know, maybe Northwestern, <clears throat> Iowa State, just the really you know the academic powerhouse schools, uh, you know, that you hear around the country. So yeah, with the guy, yeah, I don't know. I just there's just sometimes head scratchers. You know, Steve Adazio is his name. Yeah, he was. Yeah, his son's on staff with him. Yeah, I think that was a, weird... was a stud. He, he'd be – if I were a recruit, I'd love to go play. Well, I mean, yeah, he's – that's why, I mean, you don't get hired to be, like, <clears throat> on Urban Meyer's staff unless you're one of the best at something. He's one of the best running back coaches in the country, and he's one of the best recruiters in the country, like, yeah. period. And then, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just – he's somebody that we know well – has spent a lot of time around him who deserves a shot and just hasn't got it for whatever reason. But yeah, I think he's somebody. And then you've seen, you know, a lot of coaches from that staff that have went on, but 
But yeah, I, I was just thinking about this too. This is I'm kind of jumping around, but like, you know, look at like a school, LSU, three and five this year. I'm just <laughs> going down the rundown of like the story. What did you say, like, Coach Joe? Coach Ojeron? What did, what did you compare him to? Oh, I think he's going to be like Chiz. He's going to get lightning in a bottle, <laughs> win a national championship, and then be out of a job in like two to three years. Yeah. Straight up. Like, you know, it's – I don't – last year they had, obviously, Joe Burrow played out of his mind. They had a loaded roster. But it's not like, you know, it wasn't I mean, like – You couple Joe Burrow with those two receivers they had. One of them is – one of the top five receivers in the NFL right now and going to be probably, I don't know, rookie of the year potentially. Yeah, they have another uh, first round. Best year as a receiver since, you know, Randy Moss mm-hmm. uh, as a rookie. And then the other one opted out this year. So, and then I think they lost like 15 guys in the NFL. So, you get that. But at the same time, a team like LSU, like you made the point before we started recording, Alabama and, and Clemson have that every year. They lose to all those guys in the NFL. And they're able to – Clemson knows to Ohio State them. loses, you know – six seven eight starters every year so yeah i mean yeah it just i think it goes to show i mean orgeron i don't know i don't i don't I mean, who knows i just think he's probably somebody that again lightning in a bottle and that can happen again you can just maybe a better everything goes right than, than head coach i mean may, i don't know it's hard to say when somebody wins a national championship but at the same time <laughs> yeah it's hard to criticize someone's coaching when they win a but you look at the title. program this year and like you should be better than that. Your roster is better than that. But again, it's, you know, it's COVID year and I don't know if you can take too many of something off of it. Five star player, Brett. I know that they got, they got <laughs> a little bit of both going on. So we'll see, we'll see how he rebounds next year, but it's just back to not being able to take advantage of your, I mean, they had, who they have at Rashid? They had Odell and Jarvis and all these Jarvis. guys. And it was like, they threw for like 2,500 yards a season because they just couldn't put together offense. So back forever, to the same thing LSU now that Joe Brady's gone. Never had a quarterback. They always had running backs, you know, with Fournette, guys like that. They always had running backs. Always had a, just a scary defense with just creatures on the D-line. They'd have some just, you know, guys on the edge and at receiver that could blaze, but just never had a quarterback. And then last year they, like you said, lightning in a bottle, Joe Burrow caught fire and played – lights out football and they won a national title. Yeah, it's like opposite of what we had. We had a dynamic quarterback and nobody to throw to. Arnaud was sick. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. What else is going on, man? You got how's your little one doing? Little Oh my God. Yeah, we had to postpone the uh recording the pod tonight because Kaylin hates to sleep. She is an angel for I don't know, whatever, sixteen hours out of the day, whatever it is, fourteen hours out of the day. Um, like when the sun's up, she just doesn't say anything. She just sits around, smiles, laughs. Oh, she, does, she didn't say anything at four well, months. She can't, she can't talk. That's nice. But she doesn't cry. Like she honestly doesn't cry. Doesn't whine. Like just giggles and looks around. lets you do whatever you need to do. And then as soon as the sun goes down, oh, she's just a little monster at night. But like last night, she only woke up, I think three times last night. And it was like, we woke up this morning. I was like, man, it was a really good night last night. She only got up three times. Yeah, you got to let her cry, man. You can't go in and save the day. Okay. She, I say how she's an angel. She absolutely shrieks in the middle of the night when she wants, when she wants somebody to come in there. So. I know. We, we did pretty good with Olivia and then Violet. We've... At what point did you start letting them just, like, cry it out in the middle of the night? Because she, she'll be six months here in a couple of weeks. 
Six months know that we've long done long that. Violet just comes in our room like every night now. We get to like lock our door or something. <laughs> Olivia's cool, four year old. She sleeps through the night, no problem. But Jay's Violet, went through a phase of that. He's he's almost he'll be four in February, and he uh, he went through a phase not that long ago of every night, you know, three four in the morning he'd come in, uh, and man, he's been really good lately, just staying in his own bed. But kids, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, this is, uh, it's kind of an off week. I know we got, we'll do a little big 12 title game preview with, uh, Bloom and, and Chris Williams, which will be exciting. And I know That'll we'll be fun. Yeah. We'll be able to kind of unload the, the clips if you will. <laughs> See that gun reference. I'm a gun guy now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not in Minnesota. You're not, not allowed to have a gun there. Oh, please. There's, you go about 30 minutes outside of the cities and you're basically in rural Iowa. So there's plenty of guns up here. Hunting is like, it's the number one thing. They, they don't, they don't mess with the, they don't mess with that up here. They know our democratic governor knows better than that. I think so. <laughs> worry about that. A lot of hunters and fishers up here. Todd, if you haven't heard, we got a lot of lakes. How, how many do you have up there? Like I don't same. know, but I'll tell you what, when you, whenever you fly in, is it 10,000 really, land of 10,000 lakes? Yeah. There's lakes everywhere, man. It's like seven lakes within like two miles of our house. I feel like and every house on there is a million dollars and it's just grossly overpriced. Just like your house. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh, we haven't touched our house since 1987. I want $980,000 for it. Oh, great. You should be required. <laughs> cool. Should be required to have to do some renovations on your house if you want to. You want it to appreciate. That's my rule. If you, you want to charge north of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can't have wallpaper. So yeah, like I, I'll go on Zillow sometimes when I'm bored just to look at houses and just whatever. And I'm like, man, these, some places are just ridiculous. So I mean, I like as a homeowner, like obviously you want your house to appreciate, but man, there's some spots up here that are just like you go down. Everybody kind of goes through the gamut of like, oh, I'd love to live like, you know, Minnetonka, Eden Prairie. And then you start oh, looking at houses, you're like, what? like, oh, this house hasn't been touched since 1974. 2,700 square feet. That'll be $982,000. Hey, if you and Karina want to get a little bit more bang for your buck, come on down to Iowa, buddy. I'd love to have you back around here. No, we did. We'd move probably closer <laughs> no. to, to, to Milan or something. Live close to you. You knew the Polk City. Okay. Do you like living in Polk City? Um, well, we really live like outside of town, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Wait a I minute. Do. Where is the town? Cause I've been to the golf course here. That's not, that's not considered the town. It is, but we're on the opposite side of the golf course. <laughs> so we have, to drive, we have to drive, I have to drive on blacktops like country roads to get to town. They don't that's let me know. That's how you know you live in a small town down, when you say uh, to town. They don't let me drive it. down, uh, three, two and one fairway to get to town. That'd be the stop be saying to town, you small scum. <laughs> okay. I'm going to town. Honey. Anyway, when I drive through Polk City, it still doesn't feel like that's like the town where I live. It just, you know, driving through Polk City, but um, no, we like it. You know, what high school is that? North Polk. North Polk. Are they, what what class is that? The four A, three A, maybe two A. <laughs> not not that big. They're not four A. I know that. Yeah, do they have big classes for kids like elementary schools? Is it growing? One of those deals? It's it's growing. Like Polk City is, it's growing, but it's I don't know. Like it's getting bigger for sure. But the town is just kind of getting younger too. There's like there's a lot of people that are kind of seem to be our age, like in our thirties, like young families, young kids that are moving in, building houses and stuff. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely growing and, and the town's getting younger, but it's cool. I like the feeling of a small town. Yeah. I heard none of your neighbors like you at all. We don't really have neighbors because we don't have a house on either side of us because they're still building. You do? We don't have a house, any houses to the uh, west of us, and the nearest house to the east of us is three lots away. West. But we do, of the people, there's like probably eight houses in our development that are uh, are built. Well, they're probably more than that, probably 10 or 12 now, but um, everybody but one is a cyclone fan. So that's cool. Early in the year, we actually did like a tailgate, went down to a cul-de-sac and grilled out and everybody brought food and like had a, had a tailgate party down there. So outside social distancing, obviously, of course. What did you bring? Um, I don't remember what my wife brought to my cook. You make a nice potato salad. Hey, I made some turkey burgers and potato salad tonight. That was for everybody out there listening back on uh, Brett's you know cooking show here we've now covered uh spaghetti and potato salad his specialties and turkey burgers and turkey burgers right you bought a turkey burger patty at the store and heated it up on a skillet good job no i did the recipe i think it's time to (laughs) i did the recipe all right should we wrap it now now we're talking about your culinary uh exploits I'm just ready to go. I'm ready for this game, man. I'm ready to start talking. I don't know what day that is or what we're going to do. I'm sure Chris will have it teed up, but uh, I'm ready yeah. to go. Why we suck because we don't have much to talk about. I know. But... Oh, I'm, right. by the way, oh. it's too bad you had to go back to Minnesota since you were in Iowa this week because I'm, I'm going to try and get out and golf one last time tomorrow. we got a tee time tomorrow. It's supposed to be like 50, 55. There's no wind you can go off when it's like 40. Yeah, the, the, the cold kills, never bothers me. It's the wind. It's supposed to be like, I don't know, six, eight mile an hour wind, so it should be fine. But it's going to be an absolute stripe show. It'll be impressive. It's too bad you can't be there to win. That's it. I've seen enough to know that's just not in the cards for you. So. <laughs> I'd be really, really good if I never had to hit anything inside 150 yards. But I do. So. Yeah, you get most of your shots there. But anyway. <laughs> that's what i'm saying all right well I, i'm encouraged i can't wait to hear how how it goes keep score yeah we'll do a me and brett will do a reaction uh, pod right after my round we'll record one we'll throw that up on the cyclone fanatic uh, podcast network just a little 15 feed. minute just a shot by shot hole by hole breakdown of my round everybody will be interested in that yeah all right cyclone nation hang in there we got what about a week and a half before uh, a big time 11 a.m. kick in Dallas. I'm excited. It's a bummer we all can't be there, but uh, no doubt. Like- Pace yourself over the next uh, however many days, 10 days or whatever it is, and uh, so that you're all ready to go and get super drunk on that Saturday and root on the Cyclones. A little Mississippi River Distilling Company, some Cody Road bourbon, pour yep. up, be ready to roll. Be soft by 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> As one does. Yep. All right. Todd, we'll talk to you soon. Buddy, that's all I got. Appreciate it. Go clones. All right. Cheers.